This message is being broadcast. This message is being broadcast. This message is being broadcast. Continue to carry out the following instructions. We're not going to fight anymore. I'm also just a girl. I hate to float. Standing in front of a boy. Such a great audience. Come on, y'all. Talkers up in here. It's time to keep it down right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Sam, and I'm here today with... Josh. Lacey. And Rashawn. <laughs> this is a cinephile takeover, if you couldn't tell, where one fellow movie lover borrows an episode from your four favorite movie fans, so I... Sam, I'm going to be running things today, but don't you worry, you are in great hands. Are we? Bar- borrow yes. seems a little, borrow seems a little, you're not giving us one let back, me, you know what I mean? Let me rephrase, let me rephrase. Uh, I'm forcing my way into Thank a you. regular episode of this podcast. It's like, <laughs> by hey, let bullying. me borrow a bite of food, like you're not getting this shit back. <laughs> Listen, if Rance and I ever do come back to making another episode of our podcast, we would love to have you guys join. All together, individually, however you want. Hurt Locker episode incoming, bitch. <laughs> we're actually not too far away from that. Let's go. Um, so let's start with what we're watching. I kind of want to talk about the movie I just watched last weekend. Uh, I went and saw the new Jennifer Lawrence movie, No Hard Feelings. And you guys, it's fucking funny. Jennifer Lawrence is a movie star, and she is... Great at physical comedy. I've never seen her do a part like this, and I think it was a good time. I, the more R-rated, mid-budget comedies, the better. The better. I agree. They're, to me, they're in the same vein of, of horror movies, in that like, for a good movie theater ecosystem, you need them both. There's a good video I saw. When, when every movie is a blockbuster, there's no more block to bust. Mm. So having these like comedies and these horror movies and of course the award darlings in like the end of the year obviously but having all of those is makes for a healthy movie theater experience year-round definitely i really want to see it i'm hoping we can go this week yeah it's great but i think you're right josh it's like you know back in the 90s and like the 2000s i feel like even beyond just like mid-budget like raunchy comedies or something there always just used to be mid-budget movies, period, whether mm-hmm. it was a drama, a biopic, what have you, movies that cost between, you know, 30 to $80 million. That's kind of what the movie theaters were full of. And where did they go? <laughs> and now, instead of making five fifty million million movies, studios are making one $250 million movie. Mm-hmm. And they're all failing to get their money back. Yeah. Like, Minus like one or two, but like a studio can't just like risk all of their finances on a movie to hope that it grosses over a billion dollars to keep them on track for the next calendar year. That just seems way too risky to me. Shouts out to Universal of all of all studios because they're like they're the ones that are actually like doing a lot of these mid budget ones. Yeah, they're and Oppenheimer. <laughs> We're close, babe. We're close. <laughs> um, and past ten. No applause. Wow. Hmm. Editing Rashawn. Editing I'll Rashawn. insert it. <laughs> if it's, you it's, don't my, worry. it's my draft movie, so I'll, I'll applaud for fast. There we go. Um, <laughs> I'll take what I can get. In the, in the TV sphere, Lacey and I just finished what turned out to be the series finale 
of the other two on HBO mm-hmm. or Max or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Despite the recent negative press it's gotten, I think it's a really, I think whether or not they knew this was going to be the series finale without giving anything away, it was a great episode to be the series finale. Mm-hmm. Maybe they expected it. Maybe they planned on it only to be three seasons, whatever it was. I thought that show was the most underrated show on television for a long time. And now that it's over, I think it had a really, really great ending. So I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the little life that it had. And uh, put Molly Shannon uh, in more stuff. Everything. I finished it as well. No, no, no. It's a bummer. (laughs) It is a bummer. uh, I feel like this show especially, you can't really separate the, the things that are coming out. Especially, mm-hmm. I think that's why it ended. Yeah, I think so too. Wait, I don't know. What are the things that came out about it? I don't know if I know this. That it just a really hostile uh, work environment in the writers' room. Really, um, I think really it's at the hands of the creators a lot of the time. Who are pretty much Carrion, Carrie, Carrion, Brooke. All that said, I didn't love the finale. Surprise, surprise, John. <laughs> whatever. I I am glad that the show exists, and I, I did. Really love the first two seasons. This one was like rocky yeah. for me. I'll I, say, yeah, this one was my least favorite of three. I'll say, I'm glad that the, the the finale. I don't think there was no cliffhangers. I don't. Nothing was not wrapped up, at least for me. So, if, in terms of a show that gets cut off at season three, I'm happy with it because it could have been a very much all right. Here we're going to set up for the next season, and then it just. So at least it wasn't that. As of right now recording, uh, we are past the 4th of July, so that means it's officially spooky season in my house. (laughs) So I binged my annual watch of The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. It's the best miniseries of all time. I don't care. Come at me. Whoa. I don't care. (laughs) It is so brilliantly written i think every actor in it is flawless i think mike flanagan is a genius when it comes to horror and i might just turn it back on again today i don't know i don't know just start from square one just start it over again i think it's amazing did you like his other miniseries though i've heard that like i haven't watched other his other ones i've only seen that one too do the other ones yeah i haven't oh I loved Bly Manor. I think yeah. I'm in the minority in that. That was not as renowned as... No? You don't think so, Rashawn? I can't hear... The listeners can't hear you. You are making faces and shaking your head. You need to talk. Oh my God. I'm trying not to interrupt you. <laughs> no, I just interrupt her. She loves it. I do. <laughs> I like Bly Manor. That's all. Continue. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, okay. Well, um, I loved Bly Manor. Uh, Rashawn... Raymond and I actually did an episode on WCA about Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass is incredible. That's probably my favorite. Midnight Mass is your favorite? Yeah, for sure. Haunt Hill House is mine. I really wish I could rewatch it, but there's there's too many buttons rolling around. I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I love Haunting of Hill House, but I... I can't wrap my mind around rewatching. If you are, no, that's totally fair. I was just about to say, if you're only going to rewatch one episode, you should rewatch episode six. But there are prominent buttons in that episode, so episode six. They're playing with them a lot, a Um, lot. 
But Sam, you said you didn't even finish Hill House, though, did you? No, I did finish Hill House. So oh, okay. I did. I did finish. Yeah. Okay. It's. I agree with you. I think it's a really well done mini series. There's just something about, and I started Midnight Mass too. It's it just moves a little too slow for me. That's it. All of them. Like it's uh, the um, Hill House kind of moves slow too. In my opinion, it does pick up. Like it, and you it's have definitely us on like this a, mic talking oof. about. Oh, okay. Okay. We're not there yet, Josh. Okay. I I do think the payoff is is worth it for all all of them. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, I would, I would say. That. And they're mini-series. It's not like, oh, you have to wait till season three. Like, this is self-contained and the payoffs, especially for Midnight, Midnight Mass, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I do think it's it's worth the journey. I just listened to a podcast today. It's called Talking Scared, which I had not heard of before, but I was looking for any source of, like, Mike Flanagan talking about craft and writing, and this one popped up. Um, and he actually talks about Sam that in film and TV, so much of what we write is character based, and that is not what studios and the industry is interested in. They're not interested in the character beats. They're not interested in the people. They're interested in, okay, what are the five big scares that we're going to get in this series that are going to be worth it for the viewer to watch? And for me, I think. Mike Flanagan resonates so deeply with me is because he takes the time and he takes the beats to really make you know and care about these people. And because you know and care about these people, it's scarier, it's more heartfelt, and it is more heartbreaking when you finally get to those big set pieces that he creates for you. Yeah. Slow burns are worth it, people. Well said. I saw Infinity Pool. Uh, oh. is Brandon Cronenberg's next film. He of famous father, <laughs> David. I was a huge fan of Possessor a couple years back. I think it's a phenomenal horror movie. And this is less horror, more classist. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to give too much away. It's about a couple that goes on vacation. And there are some soft sci-fi horror elements about a situation that they get into. Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth uh, are both stars of this movie. And um, it's gnarly. It's uh, weird. It's very Cronenbergish, the house of Cronin, if you will. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I dug it. I, I would recommend it to maybe one person on the spike right now. <laughs> but I also don't know how she, if she's seen Possessor or how she feels about Possessor. I have not seen Possessor, but I'm very, I just saw Infinity Pool is out on Hulu. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll turn that on. Yes. I don't know. You come and go with the gore. So I don't know. Maybe ask <laughs> me a few questions and then you can dive in. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm. I love Brandon. I love David, obviously. So I'm, I was all in, and both performances were mwah, great. Anybody watching anything else? The Bear. That's all. I'll uh. wait till, uh, sorry, Mel's out this week, but I'll wait till she gets back because the Bear is back. And holy shit! <laughs> Have you started season two? Yes, we're in the middle, and there's a queen that I did not know was in this season. Ah, um, that's all. I've heard a little bit about that, that, the dinner scene, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a whole episode. Ah, Mel, get back. 
hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I can't wait to start season two either. I'm going to see Joyride later today, actually, and I'm really excited Ooh. about that. Very excited about that. Okay, enough about stuff we're watching. Let's get into the reason we all came together. Our main topic of argument today, I made everybody watch a classic. Everyone, you all sat down and you watched 1950s All About Eve. This is written and directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz, and it stars... Of course, Betty Davis as Margot Channing, who is a, uh, she's highly regarded, but she's an aging Broadway star, and it also stars Ann Baxter, who plays Eve Harrington. She is an ambitious, uh, ambitious young fan who maneuvers herself into Channing's life and ultimately threatens her career and all of her personal relationships. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. It's not the Sandra Bullock, Bradley Cooper one? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Joshua, this can we is not your pause? And, can we pause and come back in like two and a half hours? Like, I gotta, I gotta do something quick. <laughs> you know you ain't watching no fucking all of us. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, so what I want to say is this is um, this is regarded as one of the like greatest classic movies of all time. It is actually in a three way tie. Uh, with Titanic and La La Land for receiving the most Oscar nominations of any movie. It was nominated for 14, and it won six of those. It also received five acting nominations, which is also a tie for the most of any movie. Of course, that's tying with a lot of other films that also got five, but it's in there. And also, on a budget of $1.4 million, this movie made its budget back eight times. It made over $8 million at the box office, that's which crazy. is a lot for 1950. And I personally love this movie so much. Um, and whenever me and Rance do like a re-ranking of our favorite best picture winners on our podcast, this movie continues to be number one on both of our lists every time we do the re-ranking for it. Um, it's a perfect combination, I think, of writing and performance. You know, there's a moment in this movie where everyone is allowed to shine, but none more so than the dame herself, Betty Davis, who gives... What I think is her greatest performance as Margot Channing. Let's be honest, there is no Margot Channing in this movie. It's really just Betty Davis doing her best Betty Davis impression. <laughs> but enough about me. I want to hear what you guys thought about it. Let's start with Lacey. Oh, this was a first watch for me, Sam. Oh, good. I have never seen All About Eve before. My history with classic movies is 99% musicals. And anything Judy Garland did. So I didn't watch a lot of, I don't watch a lot of classics. So I think this was a great one for you to bring in. It being one of the most successful Oscar-baited uh, movies of all time. Andy agrees. He loved it. He loved it. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this movie. I think something old Hollywood does much better than movies nowadays is the movies feel like a play. Um, and this one very much feels like a two and a half hour play that we're watching because like you pointed out, every character gets their moment. Every character gets their scene. Every, every character has a chance to stand out and all of them are fleshed out all of them have their own wants and needs it's a very sad movie 
to me, <laughs> especially like being part of the industry and wanting to be part of the industry. But overall, I I give it a thumbs up. I give it a thumbs up. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad this was your first watch. For some reason, I thought maybe you'd seen it before, but okay. Yeah, it was a first watch for you. Yep. Then let's move over to Rashawn. Uh, was this a first watch for you too? Had you seen this before? I have seen this before. You of course have. he's seen this before. I thought so. Okay. Mr. Criterion himself. Uh, what did you think about it upon this watch? Sam. <laughs> yes. Um, I know you thought you had to worry about another co-host on this mic. <gasps> Um, and you do because I really love this movie. Oh Yay. my god! Oh, I don't <laughs> care, dude. I don't care. That was a that was a good enough moment for me to still. Be yeah, ready. I had to give him a little moment <laughs> before I jumped on Team Sam. My neck hurts from the whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> so what I do, I produce. I yeah, I'm in I'm in Sam's corner with this one. I think at one point you were gonna bring the apartment on for your takeover, and that would have been very transparently. Yes, what? Yeah, hundred percent. I have one controversial thing to say, that, but I'll hold it for later. That's not going to make you very happy. No, it's okay. That's actually a little something I want to touch upon. I think there are controversies in this movie, and I want to get to those later too. Okay, this is more a controversy for me and you. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, in my opinion, oh. but um, I'll hold it. Uh, suffice it to say that I think this is a really great movie. You know I love a scheming actress, bitch. Like this is, <laughs> mm, I love it. I love it. It's uh, I um I do agree with Lacey that I think it's it's much more dialogue and and screenplay forward than I would like, and and not as cinematic as it could be. But I do love the story. I love the setting. Movies about movies or movies about plays are are just like catnip, and I think the ensemble is great. And yeah, you know, Betty Davis is gonna Betty Davis. <laughs> I, I, I think I prefer Betty baby Davis. baby Jane to this, but um, you know, it's it's peas and carrots or carrots and tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. I don't know. Huh? <laughs> Apples and oranges. I like it. Move on. There it is. What? There it is. We got a thumbs up. There it's fucking uh, peaches and cream. <laughs> it's, it's fucking. Bro okay. beef and broccoli is fucking <laughs> Alright, enough of the initial reactions. Let's move on. Hey, wait. <laughs> Skip him. Okay, Josh, what did you think? Sam, I thought old movies were supposed to be short. Oh my god. Oh no, <laughs> told no, 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 that. no. Oh no, 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 no. I don't know. I guess I just assumed. I guess they used to have intermissions, huh? Yeah. Ah oh, man. This movie was too long. To start, um, coming in at Marvel running time, fuck out of here. Now one fight scene. Um, this there was. Are you talking about the little? Let me hold your shoulders and we can glide onto the bed. Who said the fight scene needs to involve smacking and hitting? Verbal me. fight scenes are fully a thing. What fight scenes? Verbal. Well, I'm talking about exciting fight scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua, there's slapping no. happening. Uh, yeah. Um, so here's the thing. I'm a little torn about this movie. It takes two steps forward, three steps back, two more steps forward, then one step back. Okay. So I can see how it's a classic. I don't. I don't ever 
I will never disagree that it is where it is in terms of the pantheon of movies. I can, it's all there. I can see it. Clear, clear as day. Could have used, could have used a, another hand in the editing booth, but it's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> couple problems that I have with it extend to the same problems that I have with a lot of classic movies. One, no one talks like that. No one talks like that. The way that they all talk, no one talks like that. What do you mean? In these swathy, uh, chewy monologues that they do with weird intonations and... It's it's put on. That's what it is. That's how movies and and media were. It bothers me. It bothers me. It bothers me. Why why can't everyone just talk like Brad Pitt talks in movies? You know. I don't. I mean, this. Was I'd love to see All About Eve remade with Brad seventy Pitt. years. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? This is seventy years ago. So. So. They still talked normally. Do you think yeah. everyone seventy years ago was speaking in? Uh, Shakespearean monologues. Are you are you talking about the the words that they're saying or the cadence that they use? Not the cadence. I know the cadence uh, is kind of old timey. Uh, it's it's the words and the amount of words and the lack of conversation that's happening when it is conversational, which is usually uh, Betty Davis's scenes. I think it's great. I think I think I, Betty Davis. I think it was obviously the best part of the movie, but that's also because most of her scenes there was a lot of. There's a lot of fire. verbal fighting. When it wasn't, uh, well, I checked out. Here's another thing I realized in this movie. With the exception of uh, of good old Jimmy from the Christmas movie. What's his name? Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. You could line up any amount of black and white uh, age 25 to 40-year-old. Uh, I'll say even 45-year-old. Uh, like handsome white guy film stars. Couldn't tell them apart. They could all be clones, as far as I'm concerned. The playwright and the director in this movie, I never knew. The only time I knew which was which was when their respective spouses were on the screen talking to them. I can't, so I can't wait, tell them apart. You're saying the only classic film actor you can recognize is Jimmy Stewart? For sure, yeah. He looks just like him. Wow, your nose is getting bigger. It's strange. Oh. Name one. Name one other Clark Gable. You know what he looks like. I don't. He looks. They, no, I'm not saying I could. I'm saying they all look. They all look the same. That's what I'm saying. I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> because their hair is all done the same. They're all put in the same clothes. They look the same. I think a lot of white actors today look the same too. Yeah, but it's in color, so their hair's a little different oh my color. God. Their <laughs> eyes are different color. <laughs> you know, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's not about the men in this movie anyway. No, it's, it's not, but it, I, it was distracting because every time they walked on screen, I was like, is that the playwright or the director? That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, um, ultimately, I don't know. I think it's a thumbs up, but I don't know. <laughs> We're undecided. That doesn't sound like no. I can recognize how good of a movie this is and how important it is and how influential. I'm never going to watch it again. That's fair. Okay, let's piggyback off that because let's talk about what I think are the things that work in this movie, what it has going for it. You say you recognize it for where it stands in like the lexicon of film history. Yeah. The Writers Guild of America has consistently ranked this the fifth greatest screenplay of all time. Only behind Citizen Kane at number four, Chinatown at number three, The Godfather at number two, and Casablanca at number one. 
do we agree with this placement? Do you think this is let me talk about top that five greatest scripts? How <laughs> how recent is that ranking? Thank uh, you. within the last ten years. That's crazy. Um, okay. We need we need to be. That drives me nuts. <laughs> I mean, those are five very good screenplays. Well, and you do yes, and influential screenplays. I'm sure that there are yeah. scripts in the last ten years or what have you. Have they seen Arrival? Josh. (laughs) (laughs) That's that shit drives me crazy when all these lists get made. In every episode, you guys record. (laughs) Hell yeah, dude! (laughs) I really think you do. Because Godfather is what late seventies, seventy two. Damn. So like all of these lists. Why can't we ever have a movie that has come out after nineteen eighty five on it? Because you need to realize that like those movies have pulled from scripts that have already been written i'm not saying they're copying them and those movies that have already been written are pulling from lore and legends and shit that's already been like storytelling has been the same for eight thousand years yeah but they weren't movies back then well that's not fair how is that not fair because if that's the case then avatar should be in all of those lists because it's the first movie of its kind oh avatar's number six come on Rashawn. no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's just like i'm sick of that shit i'm sick of all these best of lists only having old shit on it this is only top five i'm sure i'm sure there's more like i'm sure the social network is in there i'm sure get out is in there but this is top five i Mm -hmm. think is what he's saying. I think I think though what Josh is saying though is just because it was first doesn't mean it is still best. Just because yeah. it happened first, just because it came first doesn't mean it is still like Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth wouldn't even make an, a major league baseball team today. Like, but everyone talks about he's the best of all time. No, he's fucking not. He chain smoked cigars and had steaks for breakfast. Shut well, the fuck di- up. That's different. <laughs> like, here's the Citizen Kane. You know, I knew before I watch, like, not before. I knew the moment I started watching that, like, oh, it's the sled. It's the sled. Easy. The sled. The toboggan. That's not the only reason well, because, Citizen like, Kane it, is iconic. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because I saw it in The Simpsons. But still, I called it from a mile away. Because <laughs> it its reputation, like, precedes it. Like, you couldn't... I didn't watch Star Wars not knowing who Darth Vader was. You know yeah. what I mean? But that doesn't make that reveal any less effective. That's all. I got that off my chest. We can continue. <laughs> I would you have a this. bone with old hot... Anything pre-80s, Josh is not here for it. Is it pre-80s or is it specifically black and white? I'm just curious. I'd say it's closer to black and white. And my bone has only, my bone has only grown um, because of the, (laughs) relax, because of the uh, seemingly bulletproof reverence people have for it. Not, I'm not saying you three, I'm saying a little bit some of you. But a lot of people, especially like online, you can't critique old movies or there's always a reason why there's always an excuse for old movies. And it's like, no, no, no. Sometimes that part was bad. Like, it drives me fucking crazy. So I feel like we're it's like a conundrum, but your craw is, is like already in. Before you had even seen this movie, because it was regarded first as no, the best. not uh, not so regarded. 
I mean, a little, yeah. Yeah. I was ready. I was... I feel... I feel I have a duty to critique these movies more because other people Why? simply refuse to, like you. I didn't I'm not say that. Say something bad about it, Rashawn. It. it should not have won Best Picture. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, he said, I got a bone to pick. Oh, this is a controversy <laughs> yes. you want to bring up later. <laughs> wow. Something sorry, hold on to that. I'm, I'm killing the structure. <laughs> I was like, you host Sam, and I'm just dropping bombs. <laughs> oh. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Mademoiselle, je vous remercie infiniment pour l'invitation. Enchanté to you, too. I distinctly remember Addison crossing you off my guest list. What are you doing here? Dear Margot, you were an unforgettable Peter Pan. You must pray it again soon. Uh, you remember Miss Caswell, don't I you? do not. How do you do? We've never met. Maybe that's why. Uh, Miss Caswell is an actress, a graduate of the Copacabana School of Dramatic Art. Ah, Eve. Good evening, Mr. DeWitt. I had no idea you two knew each other. This must be, at long last, our formal introduction. I can see. I see what you're saying, Josh, and I understand because there are movies too where, I mean, let's let's put in perspective here. If I go into a any superhero movie, any Marvel film, I'm already a little on my guard and defensive because of what I think about them and have thought about them since watching them. To that point, I think that does me a disservice. Yeah, and I think that I don't enjoy them as much as other people do because of that. And I think that's what, I think that's what you, the, what's happening with yeah. you too. And there are a lot of people, especially on Twitter, that will not accept a single point of criticism about superhero movies. So like it, it extends to modern movies too. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's basically where I'm at. Anyway, back to what All About Eve does well. <laughs> I was yeah, going to okay, say back to the bomb. No, no, no. Hold <laughs> no, let's let that simmer. We'll get to the that Oscars later. Like. We're going to get to the Oscars in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I want to talk about the, the performances in this movie, too. Josh, I agree with you. Obviously, Betty Davis gives the strongest performance. But I want to know which performance you guys think is, like, the second best. Which who, which other character, like, were you f fully invested in beyond, besides Margot Channing? Um, Celeste Holm. Mm. I think she's incredible. And I, I think the third act kind of hinges on her performance and on her face, especially once Eve blackmails her and she has to go back to the dinner and kind of sit with all of that. And then the, the payoff of her just like laughing it off because it, <laughs> you know, it won't, she won't have to do what she thought she did. It's just really, really great. And I think she's positioned really well between Marco and Eve. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought she did that really well. Um, I agree. I was I would have said Karen as well. That was my answer. But my runner up, I really loved uh Birdie. Uh Thelma Birdie Ritter. was so great. <laughs> and I think that's I think her and it story wise I understand why she would not stay around. But I I think that was I think there's there could have been something fun to have Birdie remain after the reveal and see, you know, the fallout of sort of, I, and I told you so moment, but also thematically and, and from a story standpoint, I can understand why Birdie wouldn't stay because we've already shown that she is strong willed and she's not going to put up with it. So if it lasts too long, she's just going to fucking leave. 
So I get why, but I wanted more of Birdie because I thought she was great. Yeah, anything Thelma Ritter touches is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I agree with both, but I, the passion with which I detest Anne Baxter in this movie is unmatched. Like, that's Eve, right? Yeah. yeah that's right. From the moment she comes on screen as this mousy little, oh, I just love to see the show every day. I just like my hackles go up and I'm uh, oh she just grinds my gears and I think that's a testament to how how Ann Baxter plays Eve what makes her turn so powerful and then you know her ultimate demise in power is such a complex thing to do and I, I just loved her I loved her I like that you liked her because she is probably my least favorite performance in the movie. She, to me, doesn't really match what the other actors, actresses are doing in the film. This is where I kind of agree with you, Josh, where there's like that sound like classic movies have sometimes. And I think all the cast members avoid that except for Ann Baxter. I think that's maybe what it was, yeah. But I think there's the turn where when she's not being... Eve Harrington mm -hmm. and she's being her actual self at the end she doesn't perform like that anymore so I don't know if it's something that she was just putting on mm -hmm. for like the first 80% of the movie there's a, there's I mean I don't know if it's meant to be like an allegory or a hint but Margot does that right away at the beginning when she first meets Eve and and Bertie calls her out on it yes definitely and I think it, it's all I mean she's acting right she's playing this part of Eve Harrington and then when we see the real Eve at the end, all of a sudden, even her performance is different. She's acting differently. She's speaking differently. What's her real name? That's a fucking mouthful. What was it? Nine syllables. It was great. It was something. Just um, to that note, and then what you said earlier, Josh, about dialogue or the verbiage, I guess, is that I think these are all people who put it on. You know, these are a bunch of playwrights and producers and directors and actors, and I think they all kind of wear some sort of facade, which is why the dialogue kind of feels unnatural. And even when it's just two people in a room, they're kind of dancing around what they should be actually talking about, because at the end of the day, they just don't know how to be real people, which is hmm. why nobody is able to catch Eve except for birdie um maybe you're right maybe that's why i like birdie so much everyone else you know by the time they do it's too late because everyone's kind of up their own ass a little bit and the dialogue i think reflects that hmm, maybe you're more right than the, more than the director <gasps> hey yo <laughs> oh. hey, he's just throwing out stray after stray after stray <laughs> i couldn't let sam have a total uh, i don't suppose the heater runs if the motor doesn't it's silly isn't it you think they'd fix it so people could just sit in a car and keep warm? About Eve. I've acted pretty disgracefully toward her, too. Well, don't fumble for excuses. Not here and now with my hair down. At best, let's say I've been oversensitive to her. Well, to the fact that she's so young, so feminine and so helpless to so many things I want to be for Bill. Honey, business a woman's career. The things okay, you speaking drop of the dialogue, this has so many classic one-liners. Did any, like, line 
stand out or stick out to you that you thought was funny or super <laughs> shocking? Like what line kind of stayed with you? It's not a funny or shocking line. I thought it was a really good line. Karen says it. And it's when her husband, one of the two guys, Lloyd, <laughs> Lloyd tells her she's being, what is it, Kurt? Or how long have you been rude or whatever? And she says, I've been, it's not rude, I'm paraphrasing, but she said, I've been rude since the time I realized I wasn't a boy. Fuck, let me find it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Clearly stuck with me. The cynicism you referred to, I acquired the day I discovered I was different from little boys. Yes. Great line. Again, a little mouthy. Little, there's a lot going on there. Um, could be reworded, but ultimately, it's heightened. It's all meant to live, like as Rashawn was saying, in this heightened theatrical. But Karen's not an actress. Karen is, but explicitly... she's married to a playwright. That's true. She's we were told that she's in that circle, part of the world by marriage. She yeah. sure is. So it's it's not supposed to like be conversational, like we would have a conversation. Everyone is like at a ten. Oh, yeah, dude. I, if I had to have a conversation with any of these people in real life, blow my brains out. <laughs> One of my favorite lines is at the beginning, and it's birdie. It's it's you looking for an answer or an argument. <laughs> mm. I love that. I think it tells so much about their dynamic, their relationship. And then immediately after, Margot says an answer. No. Why not? Now you want the argument. It's just – it's so – quick and witty and fun. I loved it. But I also just loved the entire scene in the car where Margot is talking about, you know, he's in love with Margot Channing. He's not in love with me. I was watching it and I was like, oh, this is where Notting Hill got it from. (laughs) Um, I, I think it's beautiful. And then, you know, with her relationship with her husband afterwards, you know, she says, we fell in love with each other's characters, not each other because Betty Davis did wind up marrying the one who plays Bill I think so I was reading it yeah, on her husband, IMDb right? they got yeah, Gary Merrill yeah they got married like two weeks after the movie they did, wrapped yeah. Gary Merrill her, is a tough name and Gary Merrill Gary Merrill they great they have great chemistry uh, heaven help me I love a psychotic goes hard as shit mm-hmm. <laughs> also I hate men <laughs> I hate men. So Bill and Margot are having an argument about Eve, and Bill keeps calling her a kid. And then mm-hmm. they don't know that Eve's standing right there, and she's like, Eve, go fix me a martini. <laughs> this one's good. It's very dry. And then someone asks Eve, like, what do y'all have? And <laughs> Margot's super quick. A milkshake. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> so quick. Their digs and their cuts this movie are my favorite. One of my favorite lines uh, is something Addison DeWitt says at the end after Eve reveals herself. She goes to, like, kick him out of their, her hotel room, and she opens the door and says, leave. And he says, you're too short for that gesture. You're not tall enough. Yes. <laughs> I think that is... Funny. <laughs> so don't, uh, don't worry about your heart. You can always place that award where your heart's supposed to be. Yeah, it's bonkers. Yeah, I love that. I think it's, um, all those I think lines. Someone says, so uh, "Don't run out of ad- adjectives, dear." <laughs> <laughs> Carefully run out of adjectives. Yeah. Talk just as Addison said you did. Cora is my part. You've got to tell Lloyd it's for me. I don't think anything in the world would make me say that. Addison wants me to play it over my dead body. That won't be necessary. 
Edison knows how Margot happened to miss that performance. How I happened to know she'd miss it in time to call him and notify every paper in town. It's quite a story. Edison could make quite a thing of it. Imagine how snide and vicious he could get and still tell nothing but the truth. I had a time persuading him. You better sit down. You look a bit wobbly. If I play Cora, Addison will never tell what happened, in or out of print. A simple exchange of favors. I'm so happy I can do something for you at long last. Your friendship with Margot. Your deep, close friendship. What would happen to it, do you think, if she knew the cheap trick you'd played on her for my benefit? Okay. So we all love this movie. We love the writing. We love the acting. Let's get into what doesn't work. We all love it. <laughs> a little, little sneak. <laughs> <laughs> to sum up, we all love it. Uh, so what what doesn't work? And I think, to me, I'll just I'll start the conversation here with saying that I think this movie is still very much a product of its time, and there are some things that wouldn't really fly today. Certain stories that are going on in here that wouldn't fly today. One of them, I guess, is just handling a woman's place in society and how Margot's, Margot's kind of whole character arc in this movie is to realize that she's better off and happier just being a married woman with no responsibilities. And I don't think that really plays to a modern audience or any moviegoer post-1965. <laughs> it's it's tricky because that's, that's a valid thing to want. Mm-hmm. But to make it the arc of a movie comes off odd. Like it's it's very it's totally valid if a, a woman's dream is to be a housewife and a homemaker, and that's fantastic if they're able to achieve that. But to make it the arc of a movie, it seems I don't know. It yeah, it wouldn't play well because up until this point, Margot has been an independent, powerful artist who is mm-hmm. passionate about her career and passionate about performing so that shift doesn't feel quite earned especially as eve then moves on to hollywood it just doesn't work for me yeah and I I, how hollywood gets shit on in this movie right? so like <laughs> um i disagree who's shocked um literally but, uh, no, no i i think First, because it's it's ultimately her choice, and I, I, I don't think it's, like, the moral of the movie is that she should be a homemaker. I think she kind of is over the interplay and, like, the cattiness and the backstabbing, and mm-hmm. I think she, even though she's replaced, quote-unquote, I think she wins by getting out. And then Eve replaces her and she becomes the new Margot. And I think Margot comes out as far as, as much as you can in this movie, she comes out on top by leaving, leaving as the legend that she is and then choosing love. And I, I, I don't think that's the movie saying like, this is what women should do. So I, I think it could still play. I, guess, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I but, like that. I like that, Rashawn. But Rashawn, I think but, there is a specific moment in the movie Mm-hmm. where that is exactly stated. It's in the car. And Lacey, mm-hmm. you were talking about this as being one of your favorite lines before she hits on this part, where she says, you're not a woman unless at the end of the day you can look up and you have a man there. 
So I think mm. part of her, her moralistic arc is saying that the only way to be a successful woman is mm. to have a man there with you. And that's what I'm just saying is I don't think yeah. that plays to any modern woman's sense of, you know, completion. But is that her stating a theme of the movie plainly or is that her being self-aware enough to survive in this climate? You know what I mean? Like she knows the game well enough to play it to win. What do you not mean? necessarily like if she was oblivious to how a woman had to be in this in this world, then the movie would be saying something different about her. But but, she, but she's wise enough and prescient enough to know like okay, this is how the world sees me, so I'm going to play into their hands to get what I want. Right, and I you think know? and I think it would be enough for her to say then that. I wouldn't feel like a woman if at the end of the day I didn't have, you know, a man there because that's what I want. But what she's speaking to is all women in that monologue she has in the car. See, I I think if she had said that, what you just said, that would be the wrong lesson to take away. I think it's it's the equivalent of me saying right now, well, as a black actor in this world, I'm nothing if I'm not next to a white co-star. I don't believe that, but I think that that might be what people see right now in the industry. You know what I mean? And I have to navigate that in order to to get to success. And that's what I thought she was saying, at least from my point of view, in the in the car. So you're saying? Okay, I think I see what you're saying. Like she she's aware of the what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> she's aware she's aware of the prejudice that she faces. But she's not necessarily like believing it. She's just the like, prejudice is... of being a working woman, or yeah, of being yeah. a woman. Period. She's yeah, yeah, aware yeah. of like the the prejudice and the reality that she faces because she says like, "If you're a woman, not I have to be this woman." Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, I see it, but I think like um, I think a further um, understanding of that entire monologue is what Lacey, you were saying is that. It seems that she lost her name. You know, Margot Channing became this whole entity beyond who she feels she is as a person. And that's what she's trying to give back is her own sense of self outside of what critics and audiences think of her. And I think that's what she's running away from and what she achieves in the end. She gets her her name back, essentially. Hmm. And in, hmm, okay, wait. And in contrast, Eve is doing everything she can to abandon her name her real name mm-hmm. and only become eve harrington okay yeah. wait i see i see it sam i see it <laughs> josh josh is a 10 out of 10 <laughs> <laughs> levels uh okay so let's just go around again so what what are parts that people didn't like what what did you hate about the movie josh just go for it just oh uh, shit okay um so everything i've already said you know that but also their looks aside i did get a little muddled as to the difference between, I don't know their names, Lloyd and Bill. Like, because <laughs> they kind of, at some times it seemed like they served the same purpose, and then other times it seemed like they didn't matter at all. I don't. It seemed like they could have been one person. And I understand that, like, you need you need an avenue for Karen to be here, and Karen needs to be an outsider that's been welcomed in, and you also need Margot to have her, her sort of happy ending with her husband. I didn't. I didn't care when they were on screen. I didn't care about either. 
That's correct. No, I, I feel you on Lloyd. Lloyd is kind of a thankless character. He's this not really going on. Besides the fact that he's the writer, you know what I mean. Bill, I think, is important because Bill is also kind of conning everyone too. Yes, he loves Margot, but he loves himself more, and he still plays into Eve because he knows she's a great actress. So I think he's a little devious too. There's levels with his character, but Lloyd is kind of. Just <laughs> like okay, it's cool. All right, Lloyd. He's Whatever. the writer. Especially because, like, the last, where when he started to get important, like, oh, shit, he's going to leave Karen. Oh, shit. And that was just like, nope, psych. Never mind. <laughs> it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, him and Karen are still together. And, and, and it, it's probably, a you know, a loveless marriage, maybe, given what we've seen, the, the breadcrumbs they've dropped. They, you know, whatever, whatever. But uh, I, I, I didn't care about the men. <laughs> I think that's kind of awesome, though, for that time period to to have those more stereotypical male figures in the movie to just kind of be the bounce board for the powerful women that are leading the film. I think it's really awesome. Fabian was fun, though. I liked him. (laughs) The producer. The the German guy. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. Because they also don't, as powerful as their positions are, they can't operate without... Mm-hmm. their wives mm-hmm. like Lloyd will literally not make the choice about the new role for Eve unless Karen agrees to it right. so I think you know they wouldn't have a woman playwright or a woman a female director in these times but also they're powerless without the women who like facilitate their talent so I, I agree with Lucy which adds too. such great juxtaposition to that first meeting that Karen and Eve have at the beginning, and Karen says, oh, me? I'm just a playwright's wife. I am the lowest on the totem pole out of, you know, all of this celebrity. And in reality, she has so much power and so much control throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, I hate Eve. I hate her. <laughs> I hate her? I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. I hate Damn. this ideal that we have to, like, that if you are not this doe-eyed, every, you know, I don't even care if I'm sweeping the stage at the theater. As long as I'm there, I'm happy. Especially when it's disingenuous, which it is with Eve. She is not just happy to be there sweeping the stage. She has ulterior motives, and we, we know that. If you just want to be a part of the community, you're just happy to be there. I love you. Let's be friends. But for people who want what Eve wants. They want the fame, they want the fortune, they want the power to prance about with this this air of I'm just a poor little girl and I'm just so happy that you look down on poor little me. Uh like we still see that today in our industry and it drives me insane. It is okay to say what you want and it is okay to vocalize what you want and be loud about your dreams. It's okay. And you don't have to be a bitch while you do it. Ah, you can be a bitch if you want. You don't have to, (laughs) though. You don't have to. I love it. I I mean, yeah, I love it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, she's playing a part, but she's so cunning and self-aware of what she has to do in order to get what she wants. And I'm... Sometimes being open and loud about what you want doesn't 
get the same results. Sometimes you have to play into these people's egos. I don't want them. that. Well, I understand, well. but I don't. I don't like that's. I don't like. It. I don't want that. Sam asked what she didn't like. <laughs> this is true. I'm just. I'm just volleying back and forth. That's all. I'm just. Saying. I think that's a gross part of our industry. I think that's. A, I mean, I'm sure it's part of every industry, but I think it's a hor- horrible side to trying to grow within this creative community. That's. Oh my god, I'm going on a bad tirade. But <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's why she's the villain though, you know. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm not saying that I don't like Ann Baxter. Ann Baxter mm-hmm. plays it perfectly. I'm saying Eve as a person said no for me, dog. How many times do you think she actually saw the play? I believe her. <gasps> I, I think. Well, because doesn't doesn't Karen say in her little monologue at the top that she it's doesn't she recognize Eve right? Yeah, something? she's seen her there before. Yeah, she's yeah. seen her and Margot. But I bet I bet I would I would bet she's only seen her there. Or I mean, she's only seen the play a couple of times, but she's always backstage or in the alley. And no, I think I think the only reason she's able to pull off that understudy performance is because she's seen it so yeah. many times. But, I mean, ready. once. Once she became Margot's assistant, she watched it every night from the wings, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For months and months. Can be paying attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fight, fight and sleep. Watched it, watched it. <laughs> All right, Rashawn, what doesn't work for you? Say it. Um, well, I, I said it's, it's very stage-like. I think Lacey said that as well. I agree that it's, it's, it's not as cinematic. And I... And, Maybe that's deliberate because this is about stage and this mm-hmm. is about Broadway. But um, to the point of, of Eve as a character, I really, really, really like her. But I think the ending does a disservice. Not the very, very ending, but the final scene with Addison does a disservice to her character where it kind of undermines her her power and all the work she's done up until this point to manipulate these people. And then he just kind of swoops in and, and takes over control of her. I, I feel like it, it's redundant by the time we get to Phoebe in the end, because right. somebody was going to, somebody was going to get her eventually. I didn't like that. It had to be Addison. I wish it was the new Eve and that's our ending. But that final fight between them in the house or uh, up in her hotel I didn't really love that. I just, I love I like when villains get away with shit. <laughs> um, it's it's like so. in, in Gone Girl when she gets robbed. I'm just like, no, let her fucking get away with it. So would you like eliminate <laughs> Addison altogether? Kind of like I there could be like a a presence of of the press in the movie, but I don't I don't think we needed to like personify it with Addison. Yeah, that's that's what I would have trained to 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 lower this runtime. Yeah, because everyone everyone could just speak about, oh, you went to talk to Addison, or they call him Resputin at one point, but I don't think we needed to, because at first I was like, is he like family, is he queer, or is he like into her, or and then by the time we get up there and she's like, I'm gonna go marry Lloyd. I was like, are you jealous or are you just feel like you lost your power? I don't know. It wasn't his motivation wasn't like super clear to me. Sure. And it kind of muddied the Eve Margot 
uh, Karen dynamic. So I, I would have exercised him. Yeah, it, it would have worked better for me if he was just this looming threat that at any moment he could write a skating review and it could kill your career. Still use him as blackmail, like I told Addison everything. Like, da 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 da. Yeah, the end with like the you belong to me, it's like, it didn't land for me. Mm -mm. Give that give that to Celeste or Karen, you know, give that to someone who's already had the relationship established with her from the beginning. Yeah. And I, I even him at the door with Phoebe at the end, like it almost makes it his decision to let her be the new Eve. And I, I would like it if it was just Phoebe and Maybe it's a movie trying to say that the press decides stars all, all in the end. Ooh. Probably. I mean. Yeah, because Addison's kind of like the actual mastermind he's of the it all. the first person that speaks, right? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm He's the one who's really playing everyone against each other on his own chessboard. And actually, George Sanders, who played Addison mm -hmm. DeWitt, is the only one who walked away with an Oscar for performance that, in this That's movie. great one. Wow. He was the worst one. <laughs> oh, he wasn't so bad, let's, but it's just let's like... Let's get into the Oscars. Please. Uh, as oh, I said, this was... Betty Davis. <laughs> Sorry. 14 nominations, five for acting. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay. This was the second year in a row that Joseph L. Mankiewicz won both direction and writing for a movie. Come on, Mank. And... I think it deserved Best Picture, but somebody on this podcast does not. So let's throw things over to Rashawn, and you give us whatever bullshit reason you can come up with <laughs> for this movie not deserving the top prize. Before the reason, can we get the other contenders quick? Yes, so, so also nominated was Born Yesterday, mm -hmm. Father of the Bride, mm -hmm. King Solomon's Minds, and the, and the one I'm sure Rashawn wanted to win. The winner. Sunset Boulevard. <gasps> oh, Ooh. fuck. Oh, damn. <laughs> I was, when you were listening, I was like, I don't know. I haven't heard of any of these. Oh, no. Period. <laughs> All right. So you think it's Sunset Boulevard. Why? Why Boulevard over Eve? I'm a whore for Billy Wilder. I will admit <laughs> it. I don't but give a fuck. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I'll let you speak your piece. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> there are two sides of the same coin. Sunset Boulevard is, is a scathing satire about Hollywood. This is about Broadway. I get it. They're different beasts. Sunset Boulevard is... is cinematic it's it's i think it's better written i know they both won screenplay so that's fine they um, both won screenplay the same year oh adapted, adapted and okay yeah sunset's original <laughs> <laughs> um but uh I, I just think that lends itself to a film more whereas i all about eve i could see being really great on the stage like i said again maybe that's deliberate but Sunset Boulevard clears, like, best director, <laughs> best picture, maybe not best actress, I don't know, That's I'll leave that to Sam, but I, I don't know. Mm -mm. Okay. Listen, I think this is one of the, the greatest battles of Oscar years, just between All About Even Sunset Boulevard in a lot of the categories, mm -hmm. and it's, it's probably the reason why um, Betty Davis did not win best actress, she, um... Her and Gloria Swanson in Sunset Boulevard definitely split the votes, and that's why Judy Holiday pulled ahead and won. Wow. You don't think her and Ann Baxter split votes? I think Ann Baxter pulled votes from Betty Davis, but I think as far as the campaigning went, mm. 
I think because you had Gloria Swanson, who was also essentially playing herself in Sunset Boulevard, Betty Davis, who was kind of playing herself, I think they really duked it out. And they pulled more votes from each other than I think Ann Baxter pulled from Betty Davis, mainly because the industry was upset that Ann Baxter fought to be submitted in leading actress as opposed to supporting actress. The whole, the whole argument is that if Ann Baxter had submitted in supporting, they both probably would have won Betty for lead and Ann Baxter for supporting. She, she really stayed in character after they called cut, huh? <laughs> yes. 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 And Thelma Ritter should not have been nominated. Sorry. Oh, you bite your tongue. Wait, Birdie was Oscar? nominated for an Oscar? Yes. Sam. She's no. On, Sam. Sam. She's incredible. She is, but for she's... For a supporting performance? She's I the think, comic relief. Yeah, but you know what? You still remember her. You remember lines she said. You remember the impression she left. She no. stood her ground. By, while I agree, it, it should be that should be taken in consideration. It's definitely not anymore. But if we're going by Oscar standards, and they're sort of sum up their ass, like, you gotta be dramatic and not funny and whatever, whatever. Thelma doesn't, you know, I don't know. What are those Oscar standards something you're putting on? I think her nomination proves that that Oscar standard you just talked about. I mean, it, it, it does. It always gets broken. But even then, even then, she's memorable because she's the only one that talks like a human being, for one. <laughs> Here you go. Here and you two, go. just because she's she's the comic relief in a movie that doesn't have much many jokes. So like, that's why Not, she's memorable. They saw her name, and they checked her. They checked the box. Like she. <laughs> They might not even have watched the movie. She was just that name. Like, like was she by then? Was she? <gasps> She'd had at least one or two nominations by this year. Hmm. Thelma Ritter was nominated for Best Supporting over Celeste Holm. They, they both, were both were nominated. They both were. Okay, okay. Yes. So, so it was five. The, so it was five, four five. women and then uh, and George Sanders for Addison? Correct. Okay, as long as the two do think nominated. the strongest male performance in the movie. <laughs> Who was? Max Fabian? Uh, Bill. <laughs> Bill Gary Merrill? Yeah. I enjoyed... Yeah, I I mean, he didn't have a lot to do, but I thought he did it well. So did he have a big scene? Did Bill have a big scene? Yeah, I think the whole scene with him and Margot on the bed when... That was him on the bed smoking? I'm genuinely asking. That was smoking. him on the bed smoking? So yeah, when, on like their last fight, when they're yeah. fighting about Eve... And then he goes to leave and she says, where are you going? Off to find Eve? And he says, somehow that just made everything make sense. Okay. That's him. Okay. Genuinely. Was the just... boyfriend. The director. He's the director. Right. That was the director. Yeah. I still think y'all are We crazy. need to put like a, like a, I don't know, tie a ribbon around one of their ears or something. Josh. <laughs> you, will, you will die on this hill. Look, I... I just think Sunset Boulevard stands the test of time. I'm not saying All About Eve is not a good movie. Mm-hmm. But when I think of awarding Best Picture to something, I want it to, like, cement itself. And Sunset Boulevard, like, everyone quotes that movie, whether they know what it's from or not. Everyone quotes All About Eve. Fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy night. That's from Fast and the Furious. Baloney. Night. People say ride more than they say night. I don't care. They still say fasten your seatbelts. It's the same movie. It's a warning for turbulence. <laughs> nope. 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 There's, nope. there's imagery from Sunset Boulevard. I, yeah. I can't think of an iconic shot 
from All About Eve. The only iconic shots are just shots of Betty Davis. <laughs> I think the most Which, iconic shot in the movie is the final shot in mm, with the mirrors. And the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had never seen that before. <laughs> but I mean, come on, like Gloria Actually, Swanson. Yes, you have, Josh, because camera. we watched this in college. <laughs> Was I asleep? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then as a, a good friend and roommate did you kick me as the credits started to roll <laughs> yeah you didn't kick me right before i can tell you that much <laughs> i was like wake up wake up <laughs> uh y'all are crazy george sanders deserves his oscar <laughs> as addison duet i love his character and he won he sure won and then he like he killed himself like a little bit later Jesus oh my god oh. <laughs> so he's, oh my god. he actually left uh a note and said, Dear world, I am leaving because I am bored. Whoa! Oof. But not before voicing Shere Khan in the Jungle Book. Oh Regardless, my god, that's him? That's him. Oh my god. That's bleak. <laughs> that's wild. Uh, who did he beat? He beat... <laughs> I don't know if you know any... Well, Eric Von Stroheim in Sunset Boulevard, who we all know Rashawn thought should have won. Which one is he? He is the butler... And her old okay. director, who is now kind of like taking care of her, basically. Yeah, maybe he should have won. Which is interesting because Eric von Stroheim actually directed Gloria Swanson in one of her silent movies. That's In fun. the early 1920s, which they use in Sunset Boulevard. Look at that. Look at that. Best <laughs> picture winner. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my argument is that I don't think Sunset Boulevard is Billy Wilder's best movie. But I do He's not think, competing with his other movies. I know that. But we have the gift of looking at this retrospectively. So, Billy Wilder's Best Picture wins for Lost Weekend and The Apartment, I think, more than make up for him not winning for Sunset Boulevard. Whereas, All About Eve is hands down Joseph L. Mankiewicz's best movie and Betty Davis's best movie, which deserves Best Picture just for that alone. That's no, that's not a thing, Sam. You're just making that a thing. <laughs> Go back to your podcast. <laughs> Who played Mank again? Was it Gary Oldman? Yes, it was. Did he win for that? No. Hmm. I never saw it. <laughs> well, he's also not playing Joseph L. Mankiewicz. He's playing his older brother who wrote Citizen Kane. That makes more sense. I was like, I don't remember. That, that makes way more sense. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Anybody else not think All About Eve deserved Best Picture? <laughs> Up against um, Sunset Boulevard? Yeah, I'm with Rashawn. <laughs> Just because... Whatever. Because you didn't watch Sunset Boulevard either. I have since. <laughs> I have since college, but you're correct. I didn't in college. But just because I think of the movie versus play thing, this is set up like a play. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just Sunset Boulevard is more of a picture. Fine. Moving picture. Ariana, what do you think, Lacey? Um, yeah, I, sorry, I think Sunset Boulevard. But... Damn. <laughs> but I still thought this was good. Yeah, this is great. This is a great movie. Uh, all right, Rashawn and everybody else too. Then, do we think Betty Davis deserved to win Best Actress, or are you on the Gloria Swanson train? Mm-mm. That's tricky. Gloria Swanson. Gloria I'd have to watch Swanson. it because I haven't watched it in like eight years. I'm with you on that. I also think Gloria Swanson should have won Best Actress, just because Betty already has two at this point. And did Gloria okay. ever win? No. No. Oh, then yeah, I give it to Gloria. Yeah, you're, this was her. You're those. Comeback. You're those 
Oscar dudes that I hate, Sam. <laughs> I try to like rearrange and I say, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we're going to do a little Oscar switcheroo one day and it's going to be great. But it doesn't game. matter if they've had one or if they won one. It's this Give it year. to the person who deserves it that year. Who gave the best performance that year. True. but And I think that's how it should be. But that's not how the Academy plays the game. Sometimes. But yes, I, I agree with you. Sometimes it's just they not. do. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> that is always Ain't that in truth. people's minds. Look at the cough, cough, Riz on there. Okay, Planchat. She did not cough, cough. deserve to um, win. <laughs> everything to do with Arrival. For Tar? For Tar! How are you not on Michelle? I can't. I can't. It was a better performance. It really wasn't, though. No. I still haven't seen Tar, but I, no one will be. Then Michelle. how are you going to say no? Because it's Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere All at Once, Rashawn. Yeah. Your, your words have no ground to stand on. That's funny because I feel very stable. Well, you're sitting down, so. <laughs> I'm no, not moving. Look, I, nothing, nothing will replace seeing Hallie and her on stage together. Amazing. My heart. But, sorry, Lily and Tar uh okay let's let's move on let's round things out here uh let's wrap up kind of our discussion about all about eve um okay what i'm feeling josh it sort of seems like you've changed your tune a little bit you seem to be a bit more that thumb is starting to go more vertical all the way up all the way up easy relax not like that At the very least, I think we can say we all agree this is a solid movie that deserves its place in, you know, the classical movie where it stands, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure. Okay, beautiful. Then let's move on because I still want to play a game. (laughs) We don't even need the clip. (laughs) I'm not even going to play it. I want to play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. guessing game. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. Really bad. This is what I have built. This is going to be fully about the Oscars. We're going to test y'all's knowledge. Don't worry. Most of these questions have to do with best picture winners. So y'all are going to be pretty. I think you can do okay. Mella. Mella, come back and sit with me while they play their little game. Get off the beach. (laughs) There are four rounds, three main, one final winner takes all rounds. So round one, all you need to do is tap in, zap in, I don't know. Make a noise, do whatever you need to do to be recognized, and you need to give me the decade that these best picture winning films won their award in. Okay. Here's the first best picture winner. Give me the decade it won the Oscar. Forrest Gump. The 90s. That is correct. Thanks, Bubba Gump. <laughs> Okay. That name oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number two, the second best picture winning film, Sunrise. The forties? No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah. The fifties. No. <laughs> <laughs> the 
20. Yes! Jesus! <laughs> All right, moving forward. If you get one wrong, you lose a point. Oh, my God. Okay. No. Samuel Erdahl. <laughs> this kidding, is his I'm episode. <laughs> I mean, we could. That's, I mean, especially in the decade portion. Uh, that's funny. Okay, we'll, we'll start the next round. Okay. Next round. Uh, the, the third movie, Ordinary People. Oh, fuck. The 70s. No. Lacey. Ah! Lacey. Lacey. 80s. Yes. Ah, damn it. With my gut. I should have went with it. All right. So next I'm at movie. zero points? Uh, no. We'll start subtracting next round. Oh, thank you, Black Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sam? Sorry. The, no. ne- <laughs> the next movie, Patton. Yeah. Is that the 70s? It is the 70s. That's... <laughs> I don't even know what that is. The only reason these are deep, like deep, deep, deep in my brain is from quizzing you. I'm sure. With your stupid little book. <laughs> it's a big book. It's a huge book. <laughs> All right, next movie. Slumdog Millionaire. Josh. Oh, is that? I'm gonna, oh, no. I'm going to say the aughts, 2000s. Yes. Okay. I was like, that's not 2010, is it? Okay. <laughs> next movie. On the waterfront. Yes. The 70s. No. Ugh. Lacey? Yes. 80s? No. <laughs> 60s? No. <laughs> you only get one. Round over, round over. <laughs> it was the 1950s. Yes. <laughs> Next movie. All the King's Men. Yes. Oh, whoops. Um... <laughs> My not the speech, not, bitch. Not, not King's speech. Not Kingsman. 19, um, 1940s? Yes. Let's go. <laughs> if Josh stumbles his way into the win, I will delete this whole episode. Oh, the Colin Firth film. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next movie. Mutiny on the Bounty. Bitch. Yes. The 30s. Yes. yes, you are correct. This is a fucking guess who game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two left in this round. Second to last movie is Titanic. Yes, Lacey. 90s. Yes. That was great. That was. I knew Titanic was, was coming. I was like holding on to Titanic with to for dear life. Like, that was crazy quick fire. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the final movie of this round is Oliver. Uh. Yeah. The 1910s? No. <laughs> there were no Oscars in the 1910s. <laughs> yes, Josh. The 20s. No. How far back can I Yes, Lacey. 40s. No, it was in fact the 60s. Wow. Well, Is that of the twist variety? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually. Yeah, Oliver. Oliver it's, uh The musical. Oh, shit. Uh, okay, so the, the score is Janet Josh with four, or Sean with one. And Lacey with three. Now, we need to be careful in this next round because if you get it wrong, you will lose a point. This is how I win, Doc. <laughs> round two. This is fill in the blank. You need to complete the title of these Best Picture winning films. Ooh, okay. Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah. So you must wait. Actually, no, no. Buzz in whenever you feel confident. It's It's... Yeah, we'll do that. Whenever you feel confident, but ready? then so let's say this. But then, if they're wrong, can the the other two remaining wait for you to finish it? Family Feud style. Yes, okay. we'll play Family Feud style. Are we ready? <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Number one, 
silence of the Josh. Whams. Yes. Oh, I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> Movie number two. The King's I Heard Rashawn. What? Speech. Speech, yes. Betrayed. <laughs> the King's <laughs> <laughs> Movie number three. The Shape of I Heard Lacey. Water. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Lacey. You gotta give me Guillermo. No, I don't. Next movie, Chariots of... I heard Rashawn. Yeah, fire. Yes. <laughs> I've never been so stressed out during a game in my life. Next movie is A Man for All. I'm risking it. Josh. Seasons? Yes! Let's go! That would have been my guess. Let's go! <laughs> yeah! Oh, man. Uh, okay, the next movie, The Lost. Rashawn. Yes. <laughs> Come on, you know this. You know this. Daughter. No, I, t I mean, we just talked about this. The Lost Weekend, Billy Wilder. Oh. Uh, there goes a point for Rashawn. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Two left in this round. Here we go. The second to last movie is The Life of a Meal. Ia Earhart. <laughs> Hirsch. That's what I was going to say. Uh, but I knew it was wrong. Any guesses? No, I won, actually. It's the life of Emile Zola. Oh, that's, a, one. that's a newer one, huh? It's a no. prequel. <laughs> that's a prequel. <laughs> All right, the final movie this round is All Quiet on the... I heard Josh. Run. Oh, bullshit. This game is rigged. All right, the points now stand. Josh has one, seven. Rashawn has two. And Lacey has four. Okay, round three. The best actress face-off. Ah. <laughs> I am going to give you two actresses and the movies they were in, and you need to tell me which one won the Oscar that year. So it's two who went up against each other, who actually won the Oscar. Are we ready? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There are five this round. Okay. Number one, was it Judy Dench for Mrs. Brown or Helen Hunt for his Rashawn? Helen Hunt. Yes. Number Rashawn, Rashawn might run this one. <laughs> <laughs> These are also worth two points. Oh! Whoa. Oh! <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number two, was it Jane Fonda in The Morning After, or Marley Matlin for Children of <laughs> Rashawn? Marley Matlin. Yes, it was. I should, yeah, that's what I yeah. okay. Number three, was it Glenda Jackson for A Touch of Class, or Joanne Woodward in Summer Wishes, Winter Dreams? Yes. Glenda Jackson. It was. Did you make that second one up? <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Number four, <clears throat> was it Dorothy McGuire in Gentleman's Agreement, or Loretta Young in The Farmer's Daughter. These are crazy. <laughs> Anyone gonna z z z in? No. no. <laughs> it was Loretta Young in The Farmer's Daughter. I wouldn't have guessed that. So that's <laughs> the final in this one is, was it Janet Gaynor for A Star is Born, or Louise Reiner in The Good Earth? Jesus Rashawn. Christ, I have no idea. I heard Rashawn. Uh, 
Janet. No, it was Louise Reiner in The Good Earth. Yeah. You lose a point. Okay, here we go. That was still pretty crazy. The fourth and final round of this game. It is still anyone's game. Ah, what? I did so well. Winner takes all. Here we go. All, 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 all? You will see. So, for the fourth and final <laughs> round, you need to guess the combined Oscar nominations of these two performers. Nominations and wins, I should say. I want you all to write this down. Okay. This is Jeopardy style. We're all going to so, give an answer. Whoever is closest to the answer without going over will win the number of points that are equal to their combined nominations and wins. So is, is a nomination and a win, is that two different points? Correct. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're in the, all of their nominations and all their wins combined. But like, so like for like, say, uh, say it's Meryl because it will be. So the year, a year that she won, does that count? But is that one or two in the tally? One. One. Okay. Every nomination, whether it was a win or a loss, counts as one. Okay. Got it. So give me the combined Oscar nominations and wins for Meryl Streep. I knew it. And Jack Nicholson. Oh boy. Oh, I got it. Do 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 do. Hush now. Do we all have an answer? I got a guess. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let's start with. You're supposed to start we're going to start with Lacey. Yeah, last and go up. Yeah. I am not what in last place. You and Rashawn are, in fact, tied for last. Okay. Gag. <laughs> Lacey, what is your guess? Um, I'm really wrong. I said 13. Okay, that is incorrect. I know. But it is, you didn't go over. So if the other two go over, you win. So let's go over to Rashawn. What is your guess? I said 26. 26, that's a good guess. It is still, in fact, wrong. You did not go over either. So Lacey, Fuck. I'm sorry, you're out. Let's go to the man in the lead, Josh. I said 21. Ah! <laughs> 21 is how many Meryl Streep got alone. Is it? Okay. Jack Nicholson also got 12 for a combined total of 33. 12? 33, which means Rashawn is a winner. He gets 33 points. Plus That's... his four means he wins with 37 points. Do you believe <laughs> nope, in miracles? No. I no, Rashawn, I don't. Who said that, Rashawn? Phil Dumphy on Modern Family. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Okay. He's in a movie you also quoted this episode. This game. Ooh. Oh. Have I seen this movie? Yeah. Do I like this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Is he a white? No. He's black? He's a basketball player. Oh. Is this from Air? I wish. No, it's from Uncut Gems. Kevin Garnett said it after he won the championship. What did I say earlier? Uh, this is how I win. Quoting uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Cold and> KG. <laughs> Congratulations, Rashawn. You're the winner. Thank you. I didn't get Meryl's crazy. tally right, but I had. I lowballed Jack Nicholson. Can I, tell you? <laughs> Can I tell you? I did too. I thought Meryl had 18, and I thought Jack had three. So, 12 yeah. is bananas. I just had no idea. Has he, 
has he even been in 12 movies? Hey, don't do that. He has three Oscars. He's won three, yeah. He has three? Yes. For what? Terms Terms of Endearment? Terms of Endearment Supporting, As Good As He Gets Lead, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I guess I forgot about the second one. What did you say it was? As Good As It Gets. Yeah, I totally forgot about that movie. Yeah, he won. What a horrible year. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to the game that y'all play every single episode. We're going to do a little Six Degrees of Separation. How exactly are we going to do that? Now, we're going to do it. Don't worry. It's possible. Not only would it be fucking impossible uh, for us to do a star from this week's movie, Sam, but it will be even trickier to do a star of next week's film. Uh, you guys will just have to wait and find out why I say that. So, Sam, mm-hmm. I'm springing this on you. How about you think of two actors, and we... You just think of two. And we okay. have to connect them. Okay. A while, Sam, because we've been... We stood in line at Disney, and we... We, <laughs> we, were, some, we were real good we at it at Disney. <laughs> Disney yeah, magic was around us. Okay. I can't choose anybody from All About Eve. You no. Uh, why you? Unless you just want Rashawn to win. <laughs> okay, we'll do we'll do we'll do modern ones. Let's do all right. Two that I just think of here first. Um, let's do Jim Carrey, and let's do Naomi Watts. Salt in the wound, huh? Just That's can't fine. let that go. <clears throat> what do you mean? When he took Eternal Sunshine from me. I'm no, I'm not over it. Ouch. I can literally only think of one Naomi Watts movie, and it's, I can't remember the title of it. <laughs> what is it? I, isn't she in the one with Ewan McGregor and Tom Holland? That's what I was thinking of. Impossible. 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 Thanks, guys. That's the only one I could think of, too. <laughs> and I can't even use Tom Holland. I can use Tom Holland. Wait. I got it. Oh, I got it. No, work. Naomi Watts was in The Impossible with Ewan McGregor, who was in Moulin Rouge with John Linguizamo, who was in Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio, who was in Titanic with Kate Winslet, who was in... Where the hell am I going? Yeah, you're right. Who is in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey. <laughs> Where are we going? She's also in Birdman. Ooh, she is in Birdman. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I had to use the big fight scene from Anchorman 2, so that doesn't seem fair, so... <laughs> Valid. Just about every person is in that scene. <laughs> Valid. Good job, Lacey. Thanks. Congrats. Okay, y'all. That is it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, hey, we'd all love it if you would take a moment, like, subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and Good Pods. You can find this in all the episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, follow the Cinephiles on Twitter and Instagram. You can find them at Cinephile Attack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you want to show a little love, just email them at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Sam, Josh, Lacey, and Rashawn, oh. thank you for listening. Oh. And we'll catch you next week. Damn, he took over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what you signed up for? <laughs> I, I didn't like that. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program.